Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today, time is running out on improvements to the Agri-Stability Support Plan for 2020. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau is looking to Saskatchewan to make a decision on the program. She spoke at the virtual Keystone Agricultural Producers Annual Meeting yesterday in Manitoba. Also today, Protein Industries Canada launches a program to educate school kids about agriculture. We have a warning from the Provincial Ministry of Agriculture about winter tetany for livestock producers. And we have the latest Provincial Cattle Market Summary for Saskatchewan. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Time is running out on improvements to the Agri-Stability Support Plan for 2020. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau is looking to Saskatchewan to make a decision on the program. She spoke at the virtual Keystone Agricultural Producers Annual Meeting yesterday in Manitoba. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau was asked for her reaction to the Manitoba government apparently rejecting her proposed changes to agri-stability. So the agri-stability programs is one of the business risk management programs uh, that we have all the federal, provincial and territories agreed uh, upon some rules. Uh, for the five-year cycle, and to make any significant changes as those uh, I have proposed, uh, we need two-thirds of the provinces to agree, and the weight of each province is based on the level of participation of the farmers of the province. So for us to reach this uh, two-third uh, level, uh, we need two of the three provinces. And I'm still very hopeful that um, they will uh, recognize, you know, how important it is for farmers and that uh, we will be uh, able to move uh, forward before the end of the month, ideally, because if we can do it very fast, because, uh, I mean, the year is already over 2020, so I would like to make it uh, retroactive to 2020, but the longer we wait, the m it will come at a certain point that we won't be able to make it uh, retroactive to 2020. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson has implied that Ottawa would cut funding from agri-insurance and agri-invest at the expense of agri-stability. Bobo denies the accusation. Absolutely not. And actually I'm, I'm surprised to hear something like that because Minister 
Peterson himself has consulted, consulted the stakeholders on the idea of cutting agri-invest uh, to, to put it on the um, on agri-recovery and the, um, the set-aside program. Uh, I've never made any suggestion of cutting other programs. I'm really committed to improve agri-stability uh, in the short term and have a closer look at all the programs for the uh, the next generation of the Canadian Partnership in 2023. Ottawa is pushing for a response to an offer to remove the reference margin limit and increase the compensation rate from 70 to 80 percent. Saskatchewan is concerned about the cost to this province and wants an adjustment to the usual 60-40 cost share and Bobo has said no to that. Bobo was asked if she's set a deadline for when the provinces must approve the agri-stability changes to be retroactive to 2020. I've said that uh, if we want to make it uh, retroactive for 2020, we cannot go any further than the end of the month of January. I don't want to close the door for uh, improvement for this year and next year, uh, and so the sooner the better. Babo says she still hasn't heard from all the provinces. I'm waiting for the official response of the of all the the provinces. I'm very hopeful that we will reach, uh, um, you know, the the number we need, so two third of uh, of the representation. And um, I mean, uh, what what else can I say? <laughs> this is up to the provinces, and especially to the prairie provinces, uh, to make it happen. On another topic, Babo was asked about her review announced for the Canada Green Act. Uh, well, the act hasn't been modernized for uh, 50 years. So there's uh, it's definitely the time uh, to have a closer look at it. Um, I'm coming into this exercise with absolutely no preconceived idea. I'm really uh, keen uh, in uh, listening to the sector. I know there are different views around that. I understand that. But we have uh, launched a consultation a few days ago, and I hope uh, there will be a big number of, uh, of producers and, and all the, the other, you know, the businesses involved in the sector who will participate in this consultation, and we will take the best decisions based on all the evidences that will be brought to us. And she was asked how those consultations will be undertaken. Well, we will be consulting virtu virtually, obviously, uh, at least for the, the coming months. And uh, this first uh, level of consultation is uh, open until the end of April. So uh, we will hear about the certification, grading, inspection, handling, for example. So it, it's really wide open to uh, to the mandate of uh, the Grain Commission. Um, and uh, I mean, it's it's hard to uh, to have a clear agenda. There are different steps that we have to go through in terms of consultation and writing down the legislation and, and going through the, the parliamentary process. And we might have an election in between somehow. So um, it's, it's, it's difficult in the circumstances for me to give you a, a time frame, but the first uh, period of consultation is still the end of April. And Bobo spoke about the latest carbon offset regulations that are coming soon for Canadian farmers. It's similarly in the process. It's uh, very uh, technical and scientific. So um, 
if this is something that you are interested in, we maybe we can organize some kind of technical briefing with our officials later. But I think there is an opportunity for our farmers to be recognized for all the efforts uh, they are doing um, to reduce their emissions and, and to uh, always elevate uh, the, lever, the level of um, sustainable agriculture in Canada. And that was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau speaking at the Keystone Agricultural Producers of Manitoba annual meeting yesterday. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Regina-based Protein Industries Canada is embarking on a project to help educate prairie kids from kindergarten to high school about agriculture. The agency recently launched a program aimed at introducing students to a wide variety of possible careers, including agri-food and the study of plant protein. Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel explains further. It's a pretty exciting investment. It's about a $2 million co-investment between ourselves at Protein Industries Canada and some really key not-for-profit organizations in Canada. Uh, EMILY, which is the Enterprise Machine Intelligence and Learning Initiative, Actua, and uh, Agriculture in the Classroom. And really, you, you, you had it right, we're really trying to increase agriculture's profile as an employment opportunity for youth. We know that there's going to be a shortage of uh, people working in the agriculture and food processing industries in the future, and so we think we need to start young. Gruel discusses the information for grade one students. Yeah, there, there's a couple things. One is that it's it's more than just farming, right? So often agriculture is a little bit stylized in, in urban youth. They think it's uh, all about farmers and, and they have a perception of what that means. But the reality is the agriculture and food processing sector needs everything from those people, from farmers and doing production agriculture, but also, you know, high-tech industry, which is about, uh, you know, data science and um, biology and biotechnology. So really educating younger students about uh, the science behind agriculture and trying to get them excited about the potential. Gruel says the information will go into schools across the prairies. Yeah, we're, we're still working on exactly what the delivery model looks like, but what we've done is, um, this is actually business model. So what they do is they hire university students to go and talk to potential uh, kindergarten to grade 12 students about the, the future of jobs in what's called the STEM field, so the science, technology, engineering, and math. We're developing a program specifically around agriculture, so it will be actually university students in those fields going in to talk to students about the potential of job opportunities in these fields. So not necessarily incorporated directly into the curriculum that teachers will be developing, but more along the lines, I think, of maybe guest lecturers coming in as university students talking about the opportunity. That's Bill Gruel with Protein Industries Canada, based in Regina. The agency hopes to reach close to 70,000 youth over the next three years, mainly in Saskatchewan, Alberta, and Manitoba. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Here's Josh Linville with Stonex. 
every day I read your your newsletter, and and today this this morning in the morning email, you talked about how today or this week is going to be a real crossroads for fertilizer prices. What, why do you think that? Well, obviously last week grain prices took a pretty steep dive. Uh, you saw a lot of profit taking, and the fertilizers had been ramping up significantly. I mean, just prices were up significantly. Phosphates were up over 50 bucks a ton. Urea had jumped up significantly. UAN was up big. And this was all supported by fundamentals, but it helped that the grain values were going up with it because that helped support those prices as well. Let's face it, the more money the farmer has to spend on inputs, the more that he can afford. That's how the commodities all work. But we saw that fall off towards the end of last week. And that was very, very nervous because if all of a sudden you start to see the grain market start to fall apart, or if you look at it from a manufacturer, like a farmer from a manufacturing standpoint, if his output start to go in, he doesn't have as much to spend on the input. All of a sudden demand falls and the entire thing starts to crater. What is that relationship? I know that fertilizer prices at the retail level are somewhat connected to commodity prices, but what does that relationship kind of look like historically? It, it kind of depends on the uh, on the products, right? Your products like the nitrogen, that is kind of baked in there. Now, there's some different year demand flows. You know, sometimes it's higher and lower. A lot of it's typically tied to how many more or less corn acres are there going to be or wheat acres, something like that. You can't really draw down your application rates on that. You have to have your nitrogen. But your products like phosphate and potash, you can mine the soil. Let's say the ratio, the the differential between the grains and the fertilizers get really out of whack to where fertilizer is too high priced. Well, those farmers can now start to sit there and say, you know what? I'm done. I don't need to put this on. I've got adequate supplies in my soil. I'll just punt for another year and hope that that looks better down the road. And I'll double up my rates at that point, bring the soil levels back to where they need to be. So that's why we spend a lot of time, like you see on Twitter, I'll put out these ratio graphs. And what that's doing is looking at that relationship between, say, corn and DAP or corn and urea or Chicago wheat and whatever. Because at the end of the day, we all get tied up together with like, oh, my gosh, what's the price? What's the price? What's the price? But at the end of the day, again, if you strip this down to looking at it from a manufacturing standpoint, you want the most number of outputs for the least number of inputs. You care about that relationship between the two. So we look at it from the perspective of, well, how many bushels of corn does it take to buy that one ton of urea? Is, is the full impact of the anti-dumping case priced into the phosphate market? Yes, and almost more so. And that kind of sounds like a stupid answer, but hear me out here. So <laughs> as this case is ongoing, this case is not finalized. Uh, the final decision will not be until the end of March. And that's when the ITC comes forward and says, yes, we agree with the DOT, DOC uh, tariff levels, we're going to back it. This is now kind of the rule of law. After that point, the fight is over. There's nothing more that can be done about it. But right now, the fight is still ongoing in the background. These two, you know, Morocco and Mosaic are still fighting out for kind of leverage, try and raise or lower the rate. Now, from Morocco's standpoint, and even from Russia's standpoint, the two countries that are named in this countervailing duty case, it doesn't make sense for either one of them to ship anything here to the U.S. market. Because if during the case, it, while it's still ongoing, if you start shipping product here to the U.S., you're effectively saying, yeah, tariff numbers work. We don't like it. We're still going to argue, but we can make, the, make it work coming to the North American market. It makes sense from their perspective to not bring anything to the U.S., not bring anything to North America, and really prove the point that says, listen, you are going to be very short of available supplies without us. This case does not hold water. So... 
that's what I say. Right now, you're actually going to see less coming from these countries, which I don't know that you'd see a lot anyway. Global supplies are extremely tight. But once this case is done, once the world S&D starts to get balanced out, you should see opportunities where they can start coming here again. And we'll start to establish new, quote unquote, new global trade patterns. And, and the, the change in administration, it doesn't change the, what's going on here? Like the, the political winds haven't shifted at all? It, it shouldn't. Now, we all know that politically speaking, it, it, it has its fingers and everything. But these kind of cases are supposed to be done merely on the data, merely on the facts that they see in the marketplace. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Cloudy today. Some fog patches that are around dissipating around the noon hour. Wind southeast 30 gusting to 50. The high today minus 16. 30% chance of light snow overnight. Temperature rising to minus 14 by tomorrow morning. Wind chill near minus 29. Risk of frostbite. Thursday mainly cloudy. Wind southeast 30 gusting to 50. The high tomorrow minus 10. Wind chill minus 25 in the morning. Minus 20 in the afternoon. The low minus 13. Friday, cloudy, the high minus 7, the low minus 12. Saturday, cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 13. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 7, the low minus 12. Monday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4. 30% chance of evening flurries Monday, the low minus 11. Tuesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, and a high minus 8. Normal high for this date, minus 10. The normal low, minus 22. The sun rose at 8.40 this morning. It sets at 5.42 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek for the second day in a row at the same temperature, minus 8. The cold spot, up north Collins Bay, minus 30. Estevan is minus 24. Saskatoon, minus 21. Swift Current, minus 14. Yorkton, minus 23. Weyburn, minus 20. In Regina, with light snow, it's minus 20. That's four below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 37, giving a wind chill right now of minus 34 degrees. Humidity is 77%. The barometer dropping 103.0. Ice crystals in Moose Jaw, it's minus 18. Winds are from the southeast at 30. Once again, Regina, light snow, minus 20. That's four below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of Red and Black Angus, Horn and Pulled Herefords, Red and Black Sim Angus, Charlay and Red Balancer Bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. Livestock producers are being advised to check their winter forage to avoid an issue called winter tetany. 
The Saskatchewan Agriculture Livestock Specialist in North Battleford, Jennifer Heaton, explains. With more and more cattlemen utilizing silage, green feed, and even polycrops as part of their winter feeding programs, it's important to look at the mineral profiles of these feeds, not just protein and energy. Cereal green feed silage and straw are often high in potassium and low in calcium. Poor quality hay or straw can be low in magnesium, and some polycrop mixtures, as well as alfalfa in some years, can have high potassium. The irregularities of these minerals causes the ratio of potassium to the sum of calcium and magnesium to be off balance for cattle, resulting in winter tetany. Winter tetany is a metabolic condition. It's caused by low levels of magnesium in the blood. It typically occurs when cereals are fed as a large percentage of the ration and minerals are not properly balanced or managed. Specifically, the ratio of potassium to the sum of calcium and magnesium is out of whack. Cattle are especially prone to winter tetany in late pregnancy and after calving, when their nutrient requirements are at an all-time high, and older cows are more susceptible than heifers and young cows. The symptoms of winter tetany include signs of nervousness, a depressed appetite, a stiff gait, and staggering. Cattlemen may notice downer cows or cows with convulsions or paralysis. To prevent winter tetany, the ratio of potassium to calcium plus magnesium should be less than 2.2 in the ration. To determine the ratio, simply have your feed tested and based on the results, supplement appropriately with magnesium oxide or calcium or limestone. Sometimes an extra two to three ounces of magnesium or calcium are required. And while these minerals aren't particularly palatable, they can be mixed with loose mineral or grain to allow for adequate consumption. Winter tetany can be treated after the fact too. Downed cows can be given intravenous or subcutaneous solutions of magnesium or calcium salts. However, supplemental minerals over the winter feeding period are cheaper and more animal welfare conscious than treating downer or lame cows. Be aware and be ready. A feed test can help you evaluate the levels of available minerals, including calcium, magnesium, and potassium, and ultimately help you come up with a plan for proper mineral supplementation during the winter feeding period to prevent winter tetany. For more information on this or other livestock and feed related topics, contact your nearest regional office, visit saskatchewan.ca slash agriculture, or call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. Jennifer Hayden is the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in North Battleford. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed this past week. Acting Provincial Cattle Specialist Natasha Wilkie says feeder steers were mostly lower, while feeder heifer prices were mainly higher. Well, Jim, we saw feeder steer prices were mixed across weight categories, although unfortunately they trended to the lower side when compared to prices the previous week. The largest price increase we saw was in the 500 to 600 pound weight category. They went up $2.98 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $218.31 per hundred weight. The largest decrease was seen in the 400 to 500 pound weight category. 
those guys went down $2.60 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $239.57 per hundred weight. When we go kind of in the middle there, we've got the 800 to 900 pound weight category. They ended the week at an average price of $171.43 per hundred weight. If we go to the Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices, we've got a good story there. They were mainly higher across all the group weight categories. The largest price increase was seen in the 400 to 500 pound weight category. Those girls went up $4.42 per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $201.17 per hundred weight. The only decrease was seen in the 700 to 800 pound weight category. Those girls went down 31 cents per hundred weight to end the week at an average price of $162.57. So what are the factors mostly pushing down steer prices and raising feeder heifers? Well, as for that difference, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure. It could be a supply thing. Maybe there was more steers sold than heifers last week. I don't find, I don't have the data, I guess, for that. We did see some positivity in the futures market, so that could have been pushing the prices up for those heifers. Both the live and feeder cattle futures markets were up last week. And grains, we saw, it's it's an interesting trend that we're going to have to follow here. Feed barley out of Lethbridge was up almost 20 cents a bushel last week, but corn prices out of Omaha went down last week. So we'll have to follow that trend. What were marketings? Well, Canfax reported a total of 17,802 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan last week. That's up from 10,606 head the previous week and more than the 12,035 head marketed during the same week in 2020. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? So we've got prices of live, non-fed cattle in Alberta were mixed week over week. The price of D2 slaughter cows saw a small decrease of 70 cents per hundred weight to average $75.13 per hundred weight. And then we look at the D3 slaughter cows, they saw a small increase with prices going up 7 cents per hundred weight. They ended the week at an average price of $63.50 per hundred weight. And then when we move on to the feeder, the fed cattle price, we got Alberta fed steers were reported at $150.66 per hundred weight, and that was up $1.31 per hundred weight from the previous week. Natasha Wilkie compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing some upward movement in early trading. Canola rose $16.40 at $6.54.97. Number one red spring wheat gained 27 cents at 271.42. The rest were unchanged. Durham 299.46. Feed barley 234.70. Flax 729.37. Lentils 602.50. Oats 229.53, yellow peas 359.89, feed wheat 183.72. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are down five and a quarter cents at 6.32 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 26th. We sold over 31.50 last week. Cows have been holding steady and bulls have picked up a few cents. D1 and D2 cows sold from 66 cents to 72 cents. D3 cows sold from 59 cents to 65 cents. And good butcher bulls sold from 99 cents to $1.99. 
nine. We had a pre-sorted calf and yearling sale last Monday. 300 to four, 400 to 450 pound steers averaged two dollars and fifteen cents and sold up to two dollars and forty seven cents. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged two dollars and twenty cents and sold up to two dollars and forty seven cents. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged two dollars and seventeen cents and sold up to two dollars and thirty one cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged two dollars and nine cents and sold up to two dollars and nineteen cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged a dollar ninety seven and sold up to $2.19. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $1.88 and sold up to $1.99. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.76 and sold up to $1.87. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.71 and sold up to $1.76. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.65 and sold up to $1.70. Heifers were about 25 to 35 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie day reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, this is both for the Brandon plant and the Moose Jaw plant, $156.44 per hundred kilograms. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Enterplus is buying a private U.S. company with production and development prospects near its main property in the back and light oil region in North Dakota. The Calgary-based company says it has agreed to buy Bruin E&P Holdco in a deal worth $465 million but will not assume any of its debt. Bruin has current production of about 24,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day. Enterplus says Bruin's assets are highly complementary to its existing position in the Bakken. U.S. President Joe Biden is set to announce a wide-ranging moratorium on new oil and gas leasing on American lands. It's part of efforts by his administration to quickly reverse former President Donald Trump's policies on energy and the environment and address climate change. Two people with knowledge of Biden's plans outlined the proposed moratorium to be announced sometime today. The move follows a 60-day suspension of new drilling permits for U.S. lands and waters announced last week. On the markets, Canada's main stock index posted a triple-digit decline in late-morning trading as the financial, industrial and metals and mining sectors fell and U.S. markets also retreated. The TSX Composite Index was down 199 points at 17,580. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 341 points at 30,595. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.22 cents U.S., compared with 78.73 cents Tuesday. The March crude oil contract was up 60 cents at 53.21 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, the place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalling. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.